And then the scripture says that when the enemy comes in, like a flood, God raises up a standard. Amen? Amen. I, I tell you, I just, uh, you know, we're in a warfare. Amen? And it's for real. But I'll tell you what, mm, the Spirit of God raises up a standard and destroys the strategies of the enemy and receives, I, I tell you what, destiny loosed. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Mm, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, hallelujah. I just feel like the Lord's saying, even in the midnight hour, God comes and brings breakthrough and establishes things that could not be established. Even in the time of warfare, is when God comes on the scene with a sword so great that the hundreds of thousands of the enemy cannot stand. But the Lord says, even in the midst of battle, the Lord says, I bring forth my glory. I bring forth who I am. I do the fighting. I do the fighting. You lift up your sword. You wield it. But I will cause it to destroy the enemy. For I am your sword. I am your strength. I am he who fights for you. So, Lord. Amen. Receive that, Father. Oh, man. All right. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. If anybody has something that's come up, hallelujah. Jesus, we give you praise and glory and honor. Amen. If not, we can be, hallelujah. You have something, God? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. In Thank intercession, you, we were praying for um, breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And Michael was saying about the sword of the spirit. The other side of the sword is the life-giving spirit. Mm -hmm. The word of God is life. And those of us who have been standing on the word or singing the word, rejoicing in the word of God, just drawing ourselves into the holy word of God and into his presence. When you're getting in the word, you're getting life. When you're getting in his presence, you're getting life. Mm -hmm. He's fueling our fire. Mm -hmm. I see breakthrough coming. I see the waters um, breaking through this dam. El Perazim in the Old Testament where David ex had an experience, a living experience with a living God whom we serve. And the Lord is breaking through. He's breaking down walls. He's getting rid, rid of stuff that only he can do when we allow him to. I just lose the spirit of grace amongst us, that the water of the word will refresh us, restore us, and renew us in the precious name of Jesus. We're going to enter into the word. And uh, if you have your Bible, you can take it. If not, you can just say it. Say, this is my Bible. I believe it is God Almighty in written form. And today, it will enter my heart. It will enter my mind. It will enter my emotions. It will enter my body, conforming me to the image of Jesus, to the glory of the Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. The songs we were singing really uh, revolved around the Spirit of God. You know, the, the Spirit breaking out. The Spirit, you know, just bringing life and Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll close with one of those songs, Spirit Break Out, or we'll see what uh, you know, the Lord leads. But as we were in worship, you know, the Lord spoke to me very strong. We've been talking about the glory of God, and we'll reiterate a few things. But as we're in worship, the Lord just spoke to me to uh, 
change this, uh, the message of the service. And I believe it's going to be very powerful and that it'll minister to each of us. But I don't know exactly where we're going to go, but amen. I know we're going to get there. Amen. Hallelujah. We talked about the Spirit of God in our uh, last Sunday. The glory of the Spirit of God being one with our spirit. And we, we, we can't underestimate that. In reality, Jesus shed his blood, entered into a horrific death in his redemption work. So we could be born again, obviously so we could have eternal life, so we could be born again. But the key to the new birth is the reality that the Spirit of God could now be in us to live the life through us that we could not live ourselves. Amen? The Spirit of God is called the Spirit of grace, meaning that when we cannot do it of our own volition, no matter how hard we try, He's the one that puts us over. Philippians 4.13, I never get tired of saying this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the Amplified, it says, I can do all things through Christ. And again, we need to understand, Christ is, we see Christ Jesus in the Bible many times. Jesus is the person, obviously, the Son of God. But Christ literally means the anointing on Jesus that God put on him as a man, the, 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 it means the Spirit of God on Jesus because he was the Messiah. So Christ is the power of the Holy Spirit on Jesus that enabled him to live the life that he was, could live as a man because he divested himself of his divinity. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, that's Christ, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So we enter into a place of the spirit of grace where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who infuses the life of Jesus into our spirit so that we're able to overcome and destroy anything that would come against us and walk like Jesus walked. I'm ready for anything, the Amplified says. Ready for anything. Glory to God. Now, what we want to see is that the glory of God is amazing. What I feel like the Lord's speaking is that he has such a desire, and I know we know this, but God wants to know it more. When you feel alone, when you feel like you're not strong enough. When you feel like you can't make it happen, that's not a bad place to be in. Amen? Amen? Because the key is when we acknowledge we cannot make it happen, but God will make it happen through us and for us, that's when you're going to walk in victory. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. That's when you're going to walk in victory and I'm going to walk in victory. Glory to Jesus. But to enter into the reality of that, we have to know that God, man, he loves to make it happen. Amen? He 
loves to make it happen. Have you figured out that you cannot make it happen? Amen? It's only God that can make it happen. You can have the greatest music and the loudest band and whatever, but I'm going to tell you something. The power and the glory is not in, in, in the band. The power and the glory is in the Holy Ghost that comes to confirm the words that are shared. He's the only one that can make it happen. Go with me to Psalm 16, if you would. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, Jesus, the Spirit of God could make it happen in Jesus because Jesus was perfect. Amen? So how can the Holy Spirit make it happen in us? Because God has given us his perfection, his righteousness as a gift through the new birth. Hallelujah. So in Psalm 16, oh, glory to God. You know, Psalm 16 and 17 are so powerful. This is David talking about how he walks with God, but it's also a prophetic uh, utterance and regarding the resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. Psalm 16, 8, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Glory to God. It says, I have set the Lord before me. God will be in the place that you set him in. Amen? Someone says, I'm just going to wait for God to come. Well, you need to look at him. You need to set him at your right hand. You you need, glory to God, to understand that God will be unto you as you want him to be and give yourself to him. So he says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. It's interesting. One of the synonyms for the heart of man, the spirit of man, is the glory of God. God is, the glory of God is what God consists of. God is the glorious one. So why does David say, just like he says in Psalm 32, he says, my glory rejoices, my glory praises God because we've been made in the image of the glorious one so God calls our heart glory. That in itself can change your life. But it says, my glory rejoices, my flesh also shall rest in hope for thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. So this is talking about Jesus is dead. And the Bible says in Romans 6, 4, that it's the glory of God, the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So Jesus knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to be in the tomb. He knew that the only hope he had was the Spirit of God was going to raise him up. Glory to God. It says, you, he will not suffer the Holy One to see corruption. Meaning he was not going to let his flesh decay. So Jesus is in the grave. His body is dead as dead could be. Amen. And the Bible says that the glory of God raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to think about something just very simply, just logically. 
when Jesus was in the grave, the devil would do everything he could to keep him there, but he couldn't. The Spirit of God, glory to God, he was just waiting for the third day to raise him up. Amen? And he's waiting daily to raise us up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you get this, it'll change your life. It'll, it'll be, I'll tell you, the same degree that the Spirit of God, the same need he had to raise Jesus from the dead is the same need he has to daily raise you and I up. Glory to God. So we quote Romans 11. We're going to go there. But it's one thing to say, yeah, I know the Bible says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken me. But to enter into that, we have to see that the Spirit of God has the same need to quicken you that he had to quicken Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. In our times of trial, and really in our daily routine, the whole key really is faith and expectation. Faith that Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, the Spirit of God is going to quicken me daily. I've shared this many times, but the word for transformation, transfiguration, and translation are all the same word, metamorpho. And metamorpho involves a process, you know, where like a caterpillar changes into a butterfly. Amen? I mean, a lot of Christians are still caterpillars. Amen? They've never grown. They're Christians, but I'll tell you what, it's not good to be a Christian in a caterpillar state. Because somebody's going to walk on you. Amen? But when you're a butterfly or an eagle, glory to God, it's a totally different deal. I feel like the Spirit of God's crying out today and saying, no, know in your heart that I will do what you need me to do. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. So let's use the examples of transformation, transfiguration, translation. Let's go to Romans 8, 11 first. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Mm. God will do what we need him to do. Hallelujah. I tell you this, I've read this so many times and outlined it, I can take it right out of my Bible and just read it like a letter. <laughs> In Romans 8, 11, amen. Oh, glory to God. Mm. So he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will quicken our mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in us. Whew. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, God will raise us up through the same spirit by quickening us. 
Glory to God. Mm. So let's look at how this works, okay? Glory to Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 Go with me to Romans 12. Thank you, Jesus. So let's look at the word of God. Amen. See, here's the deal. It is impossible for you and I to bring into fruition, into manifestation, that which God desires, that which is in our heart, except we understand that when we sow, when we water, the Spirit of God is going to give increase. Amen? He's going to give increase. So in Romans 12, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, verse 1, 12, 1, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So we're called to be a living sacrifice. Amen? Someone said the problem with being a living sacrifice is a lot of time we keep running off the altar. Amen? And we're probably all true of this at times. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. See, it's one thing to know that you're supposed to be in the Word. It's another thing when the Spirit of God who wrote this Word causes this Word to be so alive to you. It it is as if Jesus himself is speaking it to you. It is, and I even go further. It is, it is as if you were right there when the miracles were happening. Glory to God. Well, I can't make that happen, <clears throat> but the Spirit of God can. That's the Spirit of transformation. You know, we had uh, some glorious things take place at the last healing service. So, someone totally blind. You know, see, and somebody with uh, you know sensory disorder healed. You know, uh, right? Uh, many things. Cancer. It's true. I'll be honest. What I did <clears throat> about ten days before the healing service, I, I just fa- Daniel fast. I still ate, but it was a Daniel fast, and I said, and the Lord just led me. He said, go, and I knew a couple of people were coming to the service that were blind, uh, totally blind. So I went into the Word, <coughs> excuse me, and, and, I, and I looked up every verse, every scenario of Scripture where Jesus healed a blind man. And glory to God. Oh, man. And, and I just did that, and I said, Lord, you're the same today as you were 2,000 years ago. So I, when we pray, I said, I receive <coughs> Seeing you touch blind eyes like you did 2,000 years ago. So during that 10 days, I mean, I had an experience. It was like, it was just like I was there. It was really, I could just see the heart of Jesus. It was, it was really, man, it was like a vision. But see, the highest form of revelation is akin to a vision. 
man. For, so for 10 days, I, I just, well, it's obvious it's not us that does the healing. God does not need our abilities, but he needs our agreement. So when we're in prayer, man, when we're pr- praying for the, those <coughs> that were blind, I, I just saw Jesus, Jesus touching. And, and the one man said, well, I can see, but not fully. And it reminded me that when Jesus prayed for a man and the man saw ministries walking, I said, well, we'll come back. We came back at the end of the service, prayed again, and glory to God. Amen. He could see in an awesome way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But see, it's one thing to say, I know it. It's another thing to enter into it and the reality of it. Amen? We have a lot of people, really, T. Osborne said, they believe the word of God, they love the word of God, they declare the word of God, but they don't expect it to manifest. God is calling us to the spirit of glory. The spirit of glory, Romans 6, 4. And this is why we're doing this series on the glory of God. Is when you see the need of Father God and the legal right that he has through the blood of his son, through the Holy Ghost, to rise up within us to fight for us in a way that is amazing. It is just amazing. But he first does it through the revelation of the word. The spirit of God will cause you and I to enter into this word and see Jesus just like you were there. In fact, so you know, someone says, man, I wish I lived when Jesus was walked the earth. I mean, I could put my, you know, fingers in the, his palm of his hands with the nail prints. Man, I, I could, it wouldn't have been amazing. It would be. But you know what? I'm glad I wasn't there. Because the Bible says, more blessed are you that don't see in the physical, that get it in the spirit, than those who entered into the physical. Now, some people have a hard time understanding that. But the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, I said the Spirit of God is the one that causes things to happen. Glory to God. It doesn't matter what it is. It might be a spirit of witchcraft that raised against you. Someone trying to curse you. First of all, curse can't come on you that is not valid. But I, I tell you what, it's a wrong thing if someone tries to curse me because I, I, I'll, I'll do mercy. Lord, be merciful to them. I bind it in Jesus' name. But if they continue, I tell you, the curse will go back on them a hundredfold. For real. I, I, for real. But what I'm saying is this. The Holy Ghost is the only one that can bring it into fruition. He's the only one that can speak the word that you need to hear. He's the only one that can fight for you and change someone's heart towards you. He is the only one, even through angelic hosts, that can turn a situation around that instead of causing somebody to want to hurt you, that causes them to bless you. 
Whoo, glory. Hallelujah. But see, it's not even about what he does. It's about the need that he has to do it. Amen. I'm going to say that again. I don't know what this is doing for you, but I'm preaching me happy. Amen. For real. It's not just about what he does. Man, God told Moses, I'll bring you into the promised land. I'll destroy your enemies through an angel. And most of would have said, wow, that, that's awesome. No, but Moses says, I don't want victory through an angel. I want victory through you. I want victory through your heart. I want victory through your voice. I want victory through you fighting for me. Mm, Jesus. It's not just what the Holy Ghost does. It's his jealous love. It's the need within him to do it. Glory to God. Mm. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me just give a few examples, man. John 17, 22. I'll never forget when my grandson was in the, the womb of my daughter, my third daughter, and I got a call. She was working up at the outlets. And she said, man, I just, I don't know why they called her. They should have brought her into the doctor's office and said, you know what? We need to take the baby because we got a sonogram that says his kidneys are so big they're about to explode any time now. And I went up and she couldn't get a hold of anybody else. She got a hold of me first and I went up there and just put my arms around her and said, you know what? All is well. All is well. And they said, we got to take the baby quick because if the baby's going, kidneys are exploded, the baby's going to die and you're going to get perinitis and you'll die. For real. She said, times like that, it is good that you're abiding in Jesus. Amen. Amen. That you're not mad at God because you didn't get your way. Glory to God. Amen. I didn't know exactly how God had provision, but I knew he did through his word. And God gave me a verse in John 17, 22. Whoo, Jesus. Man. He took me that word. And, And he said, the glory that I've given my son, I've given to you through the spirit of glory. Woo, hallelujah. That you might have oneness with him. We'll talk about this more, but I'm going to focus on this for now. Then John 17, 23 says, I and them, that's him and me, and him and you, and thou and me, that they might be made perfect through this intimacy, this oneness. Then it says that the world may know that thou sent me and love them as thou hast loved me. I mean, the God loves the world even as much as he loves his only gotten son. Of course, he loves you that way. So I was just claiming. I said, God, I claim, I agree with my wife. I got together, I remember being up at the Grove City High School, Pastor Scott and I, I said, I need your agreement on this and praying with some friends. I said, I'm declaring, hallelujah, not just because the verse says it, I mean, that, that, that's the truth. But what I'm saying, I, I didn't take a verse and say, okay, I'm going to quote it. And, but you, know, you have to understand, it's through the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost wrote this word. 
so you could see Jesus, so you could see him working. And I'll never forget, in my spirit through this verse, I saw a perfect sonogram. Well, the devil's right there to say that's foolishness. You're going to be the cause of your daughter dying. And she said, I'm going to wait a few days, even they told me not, so they scheduled a big sonogram down a place in Pittsburgh. Usually it takes about five minutes and took about an hour. Glory to God. And the doctor came out and said, you know what? You got a perfect sonogram. I've got both of them, the one where the kidneys are about to explode and the one where they are made well. Glory to God. Now, what I'm saying is this. That's the spirit of transformation. Hallelujah. God Almighty. Say that with me. God Almighty. The Holy Ghost. Enlightens this word. So you can see it working in your life. He wrote this so he could confirm it. The Bible says this word was not written by men. It was written by the Holy Ghost. Someone says, well, man wrote it. Well, he was a vehicle. It's just like if I write down something, a paragraph in a book I'm writing, well, I could say the pen wrote it, but basically it was me, amen? Man is just the pen of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. He wrote it so he could confirm it. Woo! Glory to Jesus. Si balatoso. Si balotai. Balote. God will do whatever is necessary for it to come to pass. Glory to Jesus. And we've given so many examples with that little boy, K.L. And, you know, here's a little boy dying. No hope. I just happen to have us in. You know, because most people have heard this testament. Brad, you can, well, that's the the wrong one. It's another picture of somebody that Jesus touched. But uh, a little boy that Jesus, he was dying with no hope. Half a heart. And Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus gave a word of knowledge. Out of word of knowledge, K-L-C-A-E-L, never heard of it. A woman was coming down to go to the hospital, be with the family as they were going to let him expire. And Jesus healed the boy. But what I'm saying is this. It was the Spirit of God. The gifts of the Spirit are the gifts of the Spirit. The reason so many people don't operate in them because they want to take, they want to think it's their gift. They're gifts of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But see, the thing that excites me Now, I'm excited that that boy's life was spared and he's well alive today. But I'm even more excited about the one who gave the word because of the love that he had for that little boy. The miracle is not, the primary miracle is not the power of God manifesting. The primary miracle is the love that caused Jesus to die so the power could manifest. He will not let you be harmed. I don't care what it is. 
Someone said, well, there's a witch, you know, or this person's trying to put a curse. I was like, are you kidding me? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Mm. The need of the Holy Ghost. The need of the Holy Ghost. Go with me to 1 Kings 18, if you would. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Now, this is talking about Elijah. The Bible says in James 5, Elijah was a man just like you and me. Like passion, just like us. And he messed up at times. Here's a man that called down fire from heaven through the Holy Ghost. And then he's running from Jezebel. Wow. That doesn't make sense, does it? But sin doesn't make sense. And he had a pity part for himself. I want to die. And God came in his mercy and glory to God. And remember, he gave him this cake. The angel came. Remember? Made this cake. First angel food cake ever made. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Didn't make him a devil's food cake. Amen. He gave him an angel. Gave him again. 40 days. He went on the strength of that cake. Wow. See, because it was through the Holy Ghost. But what I'm saying is this. We're human. In our humanness, you know, we will. Thought, stupid thoughts can come in your head. Doesn't mean that that's who you are. I mean, you can feel weak at times. But the good thing about being human, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 that we're in these earthen vessels that we might know that the glory is not of us but of him. Amen? Whew, how many of you figured that out? Amen? Boy, I tell you. Amen. So here's Elijah. So it came to pass after many days, 1 Kings 18, when the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So Elijah wanted to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Abadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Abadiah feared the Lord greatly. Now Ahab and Jezebel, they're about as evil as you could get. Evil as you could get. But it's interesting. God had a godly man, amen, in the midst of that situation. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, um, so this man was faithful. It says, when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, a body that took a hundred prophets, hid them by 50 in the cave and fed them with bread and water. And they have said to a body, go into the land and peradventure you might find some grass to save the horses and mules alive that we lose not all the beasts. So they divided the land between them to pass through it. Ahab went one way by himself, a body went another by himself. And as a body was in the way, behold, Elijah met him. And he knew him and fell on his face and said, Are that this my Lord Elijah? He answered, I am. He said, Go tell Elijah. He said, Behold, go tell Ahab that I want to meet him here. Mm. And here's what he says about it. As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom. Whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said he is not here, he took an oath of the kingdom of nation that they found thee not. 
And now thou sayest, go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. It shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come unto Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I, but I thy servant, fear the Lord from thy youth. He went on to, to say what he did. Elijah said, you know what, as the Lord of hosts lives, verse 15, I, I'm going to be here. Now, I want you to see something. <clears throat> oh, glory to God. It's amazing to me. The intimacy of relationship that Elijah had, honestly, with God. Like Enoch was a friend of God and God took him, right? Seventh from Adam. Here's a man. Everybody wanted to kill him because he was, you know, he, he was a man that three and a half years it didn't rain. Man, crops are destroyed. All the animals are being destroyed. So they thought if they killed him, then the drought would cease. That'll preach today. Right now, unbelievers think if they get rid of you, everything's going to be all right. Mm, Jesus. But here's what I want to call your attention to. Elijah. Man, God translated him. Just like Philip in the book of Acts. You know, just like you right now, let's say you're in Slippery Rock and you're preaching to a hundred people and they get mad at you and they're just trying to, they come on you, try to kill you. And bang, you're not there and you find yourself in Pittsburgh. This happened over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Wow. Personally, I think that Elijah was translated so much that he probably went to God and said, you know what? Man, I'm, I'm, in, in, I'm in Israel and then I'm in Egypt. I'm in Israel and I'm in this part of where I'm in this. He's probably said, God, you know what? Probably is that much harder for this to go to heaven. Hmm. But here's what I call, call your attention to. The Spirit of God, out of necessity, translated him to deliver him time after time after time. Wow. I don't believe you just be translated whenever you want to just to have a vacation somewhere. I think that's ridiculous. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm sharing that's because God wants you to know that it's not about the, the, the profound need that you and I have. It's about the Holy Ghost who is able to meet that need. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whatever desire is in your heart, hallelujah, it might be to overcome a familiar sin. Someone says, I'll just try harder. No, that only gets you in deeper. To overcome a familiar sin, 
We need to see the Holy Ghost weeping over that sin. And we need to see his ability to take us out of it and bring us into the righteousness and holiness of God. Amen? It can be an impossible situation. I mean really, really impossible. I'll never forget when I was teaching high school many years ago in central Pennsylvania, Clearfield. We had a bunch of guys that were just really on fire for God. We had a Bible study. It was just, it was out to lunch. It was really good. And most everybody in that Bible study, we didn't have many people there, but they're all in, you know, Burning County, July. They're heads of International Teen Challenge and somebody else, at, you know, on and on and on. Terry Smith was there. Many of us, uh, David Gable with Willie George Ministry. And it was just amazing. But we were just all young at the time. And uh, what would do... <clears throat> We started a coffee house, and there was just an old abandoned building, and we were fixing it up. And uh, I think I told you this story. It was like, you know, we went to the borough council to get permission to change the zoning so we could have a coffee house for young people. And uh, we got grilled at the meeting. You know, why do you want to do it? Because we don't want drugs in the areas. They thought it could be a drug thing. You know what I'm saying? So had one guy, Bernie, he was head of an insurance agency. You know, we were all reputable. I taught at the high school. Another guy with me taught at the high school. And they said, all right, we approve it. And they said, you know, no drugs. We said, yeah, you know, just Jesus. And they said, well, by the way, what are you calling it? We said, high places. <laughs> For real, you can't make that stuff up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, you know, high places, Jesus. But the bottom line is this. Uh, so it would have maybe four or five of us intercede and other people would go out and share the gospel on the street. And uh, one night, a bunch of people at a drug party and a couple of the main dealers in our area got, you know, they made commitments to Jesus. All right. So uh, I baptized them in the the swimming pool of someone associated with Bible study. And uh, and then we, were, then we it turned into a church when a guy from Rima came and pastored and we were submitted to him. And uh, any guy, a guy was discipling. You know, he had a lot of issues, PTSD from Vietnam, on and on, but I was doing the best I could. You know, I'm teaching full time. And long story short, you know, I prayed with him one day and the next day, I hear that this guy robs a bank at gunpoint. Steals $38,000 never recovered, and now he's in the jail in Pittsburgh. But I'll do a lot for your ministry. You know, how's things going? You know, how's that group you're going here, disciples? Yeah, everything's pretty good except, you know, this robbed the bank, right? You know what I'm saying? For real. So I went down to Pittsburgh, and in those days, man, you know, all the prisoners are there, and you're just like at a table with the guy. It's a, it was a lot different than today. So I shared with them, trying to get him to tell me where the money is and so we could get a, a sentencing that was, you know, minimal as possible. And when the prison guards come out, he said, you know what? He's got the toughest judge in Allegheny County. He's going to get probably, you know, gun, might never get, probably, you know, like 30 years. And so, so I went back and prayed. Again, you have to understand, I'm a very young Christian. Very young Christian. So I'm praying And see, we're talking about the Holy Ghost doing what only he can do because of his desire and his love for us. 
And I'm praying and I hear the word, the spirit of Delilah was on this guy and he's not accountable like you think. I don't know anything. I still don't know the Bible that well. I don't, I don't know who Delilah is. Now you raised in church, you, you guys all know that. I wasn't raised in church. All I know, my mother, years ago, there's a guy, Tom Jones, he used to sing this song called Delilah. And I said, what does Tom Jones have to do with this, with this guy in prison? I saw all I was. So I looked at my concordance, Delilah, and I saw, okay, it's a spirit's enticing spirit. The Lord spoke to me and said, our leading businessman took advantage of his PTSD, put him up to this, and this guy has all the money. I'm like, really? So I went down to prison again, tried to talk to him, and didn't work. But I claimed that reality of the word that was spoken to me. As God is my witness, I should have kept it. The front, I mean the headlines of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, judge treats bank robber as a son, as God is my witness. Instead of getting like 30 years, he got like one to two years. I, I, money never found. And then this guy, they found out, not through me, he got indicted. Wow. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the love of the Father through the blood of Jesus, through the Holy Ghost. What's God speaking to us today? Look up to the Father. And look in at the Holy Ghost. Look at Jesus through the word. And know this. Know this. The Holy Ghost who raised Jesus from the dead will cause faith in you and I. to expect his moving for you. I cannot give myself faith. Only the Holy Ghost can cause his word to be alive to you. Only the Holy Ghost can give you a revelation. Only the Holy Ghost can cause you to act on the faith he gives you in the time of trial. He will Give us faith. He has given us faith and will cultivate it to where you can believe and believing is expecting. To where you expect God every day. Every day is an exciting day. You can expect him to move on your behalf. Some days are challenges. Challenging. He might convict you of pride or something else. Well, only he can get his things across to you. Amen? Amen. And me. But he's not there to hurt us. He's here to help us. Every day is an exciting day. Because we're led by the Holy Ghost. (sighs) Jesus. I'll share two testimonies and we're going to pray. One of the guys that discipled me was a... Again, I'm not... My main people that the spiritual fathers, most of them are just, man, former gang members and just crazy people. You know what I'm saying? For real, they were not most likely to succeed in their class. You know what I'm saying? So one guy is helping disciple me. He's a tough guy. He has a very large ministry now, Southeast Asian person. 
I'll never forget, he uh, got saved. And uh, his testimony was amazing. He, he was, uh, went to uh, share, he was selling insurance, and he went to a pastor who was my spiritual, main spiritual father, Ray Patterson. And uh, he said, uh, you know, Ray, he said, I'll do anything to get this guy to buy a policy. So Ray says, you know, well, pray the sinner's prayer. And Mark said, I don't give a flip. He didn't even know what it, I'll pray it. I don't, you're going to sign the policy? Okay. I mean, this is not good. You know what I'm saying? So he prays the sinner's prayer. I don't even know how this works, man. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think he was sincere at all. So he prays the sinner's prayer and the pastor ticked him off. So he went to the local bar to get a fifth of whiskey and drank it. And he didn't get drunk. For real. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this is a nutty testament, right? This is the Holy Ghost. End up being one of the greatest missionaries I've known. But when he went to language school to go to Guatemala with his wife, Ella, he couldn't speak, he couldn't speak Spanish. Couldn't learn it, man. And he was frustrated, but said, I'm still, I'll, I'll still go. You may get an interpreter or do the best I can. And he's crying out to God. He said, I'm there to win souls, God. Well, see, isn't that the heart of God? It was God crying. Long story short, he woke up speaking fluent Spanish and could understand anybody who spoke it. A gift. A, a gift. That's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. Someone says, I don't believe that. Isn't it amazing how we believe stories of calamity but don't believe the miraculous when God does something? You know, most of the, um, you know, friends with David Hogan, a man raised 500 people from the dead. I was reading the booklet when he was on Sid Roth that he wrote. And, uh, and he shared it with me. In fact, when he was here last, I think the first time he ever shared in public was when he was with us at a service. And I was sitting next to his wife, Debbie, and Kathy was on the other side. And she's very unemotional. But when he started talking about this, she started to cry. And he was giving an example where uh, he was, I believe he was in Germany or somewhere with his one son and his uh, daughter-in-law. And he got a call from his wife that uh, the son of the <clears throat> son he was with, the grandson, had killer bees attacked him as he was mowing in Mexico, and he died. And uh, they got in his throat, and dead as dead can be. And uh, somehow they FaceTimed, you know, they FaceTimed with him. He could see the boy was dead. And was, uh, began to speak love, life to him, I believe, for about an hour and a half. And the boy rose. And uh, he's on fire for God right now. But he said something good. He said, you know, what if I wasn't in the spirit? What if I let the cares of this world mess me up? What if I was not walking in morality right way? What if I, I was not in right relationship with God? What if I let somebody that offended me, you know, get me out of the spirit? What if I was, you know what I'm saying? I was going to bring it and read it to you, but I'll just speak it because I forgot to bring it. But he says this, he says, you know, he's praying for that boy. By the grace of God, by the grace of the Holy Ghost. 
Because in times like that, it's all about the Holy Ghost. But what I want to get across, it's always about the Holy Ghost. It's always about the Holy Ghost. Good times, bad times, in between times. It's about the Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible says in Romans 8. The mind that's set on the Holy Ghost is life and peace. Woo! Hey! Jesus! He will not fail you or me. There may be times where it looks like he's not coming through. And there may be times, man, like Paul and Silas were stuck in that jail in their own urine and feces, having been whipped. But it was the Holy Ghost that rose up in them and said, why don't you just worship Jesus? I don't believe they felt like it. I believe it was the Holy Ghost that rose up within them and said, why don't you worship Jesus? Well, they didn't seem like good candidates to be worshiping Jesus because the Jesus they were worshiping didn't seem to have been helping them, right? And the Holy Ghost shook that place. Glory to God. Oh, the chains of every prisoner in that prison fell off. You know what the miracle was? That the prisoners didn't get up and take off. And they all stayed there. And the jailer was going to kill himself, right? But they caught him right before he was going to kill himself. And the church of Philippi was started. You know, the, the church of Philippi, most biblical scholars will say it was the greatest church in the New Testament. You know why I think it was so good? Because it was built, not like the Corinth church that had so much problems on giftings. It was built. It was brought forth. It was birthed by the Holy Ghost in the time where it looked like nothing could come to pass. And because it was birthed in the Holy Ghost, they walked in the Holy Ghost and were dependent on the Holy Ghost. And God raised up that church as no other. But David says something good, man. He said, through the Holy Ghost, I did not consider my grandson being dead. Because of the Holy Ghost, I did not consider the poison in his body. Because of the Holy Ghost, I didn't consider even the weeping and the welling of those who were on the bottom when I was FaceTime. Because of the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus is at my right hand. I knew he would not leave his body to decay. And he just kept thanking Jesus. Just thanking Jesus. He began talking to the boy. We say, how can you talk to a boy that's dead? I believe when you initially die, your spirit's in a waiting place, you know, be judged by, before you go in the presence of God. And he says, son, quit, you're not talking. He said, I need you to talk to me. He began talking. And he got up completely whole. Why did God change his sermon today? Because I believe he wants us to see our need for the Holy Ghost to life us.
Most people don't even know the Holy Ghost is a person in the church. So he wants us to see our need for the Holy Ghost, but even more foundational, more important, he wants us to see the need of the Holy Ghost to laugh us. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus himself was dependent on the Holy Ghost to raise him. We're dependent. But the most awesome thing about God is God. God spoke to me that, you know, about crossing over to the miraculous, to numerical increase, to all this stuff. And I, I met with, I met with Terry Smith, I met some other people prophetically, and, and uh, I said, what do you think that entails? And Terry and I were up at a coffee house in Clarion last week, and I said, well, you get, what, I said, I got something for you. I said, what are you getting for me in this? He said, you know what? The Lord just says, accentuate what you've been speaking and teaching and preaching. Just accentuate it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. I'm not ashamed to speak of the third person of Trinity. I'm not ashamed to speak of the blood that enables the third person of Trinity to indwell me and laugh me. I'm not ashamed of the heart of God. I'm not ashamed of his word that tells me who he is. When we see the passion of God, that's when this book comes alive. It's one thing to know what he wants, and that's a big deal, because faith begins where the will of God is known. But that's where faith begins. Faith that brings results not only sees what the will of God is, but the need of the Holy Ghost to manifest it. Because you're so precious to him. 